Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode it's the week of september 27th 2023 this is episode 269 and i am your host chris randazzo joining me tonight is professional writer karen randazzo are you sensitive about being a weather nerd staple remover evan goldstein i'm dan Rytel. and mixed metaphor angie Fernot. it was 66 degrees in denver today Maybe <laughs> one reason why I should care. This month was my pick, and I chose Sports Night specifically because of a quote that keeps coming up, but mostly because I love this show and will always take an opportunity to talk about it. Is this a good episode? Let's find out. But first, how are you? Yay! Good. I pissed off the devil. What? Uh oh. Yeah. So you pissed off Walmart. Before we were call <laughs> before we were doing this call tonight. Oh. I had D and D. And uh, I am playing a character who's never really peopled before. She's a druid who lives in the woods. And we found a small creature today, and it had a little dog tag on it. And it said, if found, call Reg. And it had a message, like a message spell attached to it. And it called Reg. And it turned out Reg is like in a like like a devil like the thing on top of the mountain with the horns and the fire and the hoof yeah like all that shenanigans and uh yeah my character pissed off the devil today in my campaign and it was hilarious so i'm very excited to see what comes next so who needs to watch television i make my own fantasies it's great huzzah yeah how are you guys doing so I had, I just closed out a write-up that I had, I, I applied for a job and um, the the job that I'm currently working is working for T-Turtle going to shows and selling, you know, t-shirts and whatnot. And we get a little break. So I, I was looking for other employment and Angela sent me this job listing for a company called JTS, if I'm not mistaken. And what they do is they do those... Um, it's like the dick and fart joke company so they do all of those fake boxes and weird mock toys and like just tchotchke bullshit and they were looking for you know new employees so there was a laundry list of questions that i had to answer and one of them i found like so they asked me and it was weird because it was a lot of tongue-in-cheek kind of questions asked and then one of them was uh what's the most recent non-fiction book that you've read and and i don't read non-fiction books because like i have this mindset if i'm reading something non-fiction i'm afraid that my mind movie is going to show me something that's not factual so i would rather watch a documentary and enjoy that and then I, if I read, it'll be comic books or s- just fiction. Should have just said a furniture assembly book. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter. It is what it is. But that question was so out of place for the company that, like, their go-to was the shark kit. 
Shart, S-H-A-R-T, for the guy who thinks he can sneak one by but can't. And it's a pair of... Like, oh, it's so a box. Dan. <laughs> it's a box of, you know, disposable underwear, handy wipes, garbage bag. It, like, the things that you would find in, like, Spencer's gifts. Listen, I may have sent you that job requ- like job listing, but I am ultimately glad that that's not where you ended up. I, I just wanted to just have fun with, you know... <laughs> People that may not get insulted by my sense of humor. How's that? So, yeah. I think you really need to get that for Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Someone does. Indeed. So yeah, that that was that was my you know important stuff for the week. Everything else was mine. Or your dad. Oh my god, your dad would love that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a very generally dad uh, dad gift. gift. <laughs> uh, hey, I just got a reminder that tomorrow's picture day. Fan freaking tastic. Parenting. Uh, yeah, so uh, our kids are back in school and order has returned to our house. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Food tastes better, you know. Colors, Colors are brighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on the downside, I have also returned to my office two days a week, which is terrible, but is what it is. Mm. Uh, I, feel that. I got a promotion and shit's great. I'm 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 sorry. Hell yeah! <laughs> I feel bad because everyone's Woo! complaining about shit. Like things are going really well over here. I'm I'm not mad that, uh, at your promotion. That's at true. All. I don't <laughs> think any of us are actively mad. Listen, not complaining. I summoned the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fun time for, for her, so don't yeah. get confused with that. But yes. I turned into a bear. Okay, anyway. Sorry. I had a whole like meeting, TV. like an, an online meeting today. Uh, it was funny uh, that you mentioned this, like, you know, poop humor. Mm-hmm. This company that we're, we're thinking about working with, they sell some video game related things. But then they also sell this one other product that they showed us on this uh, um little live stream thing that we were doing earlier with them uh conference video conference there you go those are the words <laughs> yay brain uh and it's like an hourglass inside of um like a clear plastic thing that's shaped like a guy on a toilet i've seen those <laughs> yeah uh, those that's uh famous to be passed around my mom's group at christmas time like hey get this for your husband yeah so uh, that's uh, they're they're like yeah we our guy put it up on what was it Shark Tank or something like that and we're we're looking at it like I mean I guess this is funny but this is really not our this is really not our bag. Uh, a um, quick Google search will reveal the toilet timer. Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, the toilet timer. Yep, that's it. That's fantastic. They make the toilet timer. Uh, I have things to complain about. How how long is the timer set for? I mean, five uh, minutes. I, I don't know. Bullshit. Um, I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, I, whatever, whatever the whatever the answer is is not long enough. Not long enough. <laughs> uh, but no, the 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 job's been super fun, and I get to do all kinds of like organizing and things right now. Like I'm I'm trying to resituate the a lot of the website, just kind of move things around and make things make more sense. We've got a big meeting tomorrow. We're going to be talking about some changes. I've got some handful of new products that have been finding for us to, to carry in the, oh, on the site, awesome. which is 
cool and that's a that's fun to be a part of and it's just a it's 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 a fun job there's a ton of like there's way too many video games i want to play right now which i'm also <laughs> having super good time with um uh yeah i'll talk about that on stone age gamer but <laughs> yeah there's just a a ton of great games to play i'm having an absolute blast with them and tv's been very enjoyable karen and i've been watching stuff that we've I'm, I know what she's going to talk about is going to be a good time, and I know that what I'm going to talk about, which is uh, apparently currently being a good time, I'm, I wouldn't know. I'm not currently watching it. I'm talking to you because I love you more than Star Wars. Wow. That's a lie. You don't. I just have to say, uh, not only do I not believe you, but also I'm very happy for you, Chris, because I feel like, I was telling Evan this the other day, I feel like you really, like for a long time have been sort of chasing your dreams and like for some people it will just never happen and i feel like for you some of it's like really happening like you have this job you get to work on like stone age gamer and and do like a podcast that you're really passionate about and it's just like i don't know it seems like there's some things that you've really like you know worked for that are happening for you and it just it it kind of like renews my faith in the universe that like you can work hard and get things that you really want in life so renewing the faith that not everything sucks yeah I not don't know. everything just, is awful all the time yeah like you guys have dealt with a lot and you know in the time that i've known you and it's just it's really nice to actually see you get like something good like having a positive outcome and i'm really happy for you guys well thank you i'm i was having this conversation you know about everything sucking with another friend of mine earlier who was like yeah, so uh, my wife got laid off, and I got COVID, and everything's terrible. And I'm like, oh. And then he said, how are you doing? I'm like, um, never mind. Doing pretty good. Uh, <laughs> things, are, things are good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, yep. I feel that. We have yeah. all had our struggles, and everybody is entitled to both bad times and to celebrate the good times. So mm-hmm. don't don't sweat that too much. We are, we do not hold anything against you guys if you're if you're having an upturn. <laughs> we yeah, want I'm that. Just, we want that for you. I'm like, it's like really nice to get good news once in a while from your friends. You know. Mm-hmm. I do know. Yeah. I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. I like it when you guys get good. Thanks. Yeah. We we do too. Yeah. <laughs> Angie, how was your whole gallery show? I think that uh, happened since of good the last news. podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so last month, uh, our art went up in a gallery, and it was there uh, until today, actually. Today was the last day it came down. Um, I sold a piece. I actually sold a piece that wasn't even in the show, which was pretty cool. Um, sold two? just from yeah just from people like walking around and seeing the art and then wanting to see other stuff that i do uh and then two of the other artists so three out of five of us sold each sold a piece which was pretty great um we learned a lot from the experience uh working (laughs) with that gallery and um evan i appreciate you i was actually talking about with with my other buddy chris earlier today yeah and i i I said this phrase i had to keep my goddamn yankee mouth shut (laughs) yes there there were some things that did not run smoothly for us as a whole and things that we would have 
done differently. And I think that despite all of the years of experience I have working for like Jean and Greg and actually like having this background of working with other people who run galleries and whatever, overall what I've run into is there are things that you just cannot anticipate um, or be prepared for until you're right there dealing with them. So this has been an opportunity where I get to learn how to have difficult conversations and how to uh, advocate for myself and people I care about um, and make decisions about how much I want to potentially piss off powerful people. So really interesting. Um, but overall, like I loved it. We had, there were two separate weekends where we were there on Saturday. Uh, one of those weekends, Evan was out of town for Tea Turtle, but um, this past weekend we were both there. We worked the gallery from 10 a.m. to close uh, at I, five. I mean, the opening, the, 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 have we recorded since the opening? Because that was phenomenal. Um, I yeah, think I we talked about it before SAG one week, but okay. we have, but not on Twitter. I mean, I'm going to speak my wife's praises. Like, they, there's a thing in town called Fourth Friday where all of the galleries in town open late. Um, and, you know, people just wander the streets going from gallery to gallery. And this is the Arts Council, which is usually a, a, a random kind of gallery. It's not a consistent thing. And the amount of people that were at that show was astronomical for that gallery. Like I am so proud of the work that Ange did with the rest of the team there. Like they did a fun, like it was the crowdest I've ever seen that gallery on a fourth Friday. And oh, mo many, many people have said the same, like, so kudos to you, my wife. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I mean, it was really great to have the turnout that we had. Um, I felt like our community really showed up to support us and, uh, yeah, it, it was really cool. Um, and Evan did a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that like no one gives credit for. And not for nothing, shout outs to Evan because you stood behind, there's like a little L-shaped counter thing that is there when people walk in and we had comics on display the night of the opening and every single person who came in, he greeted them. He talked about Tales of Cape Fear. He talked about our project and who the artists were and what we do and engaged them and, and piqued their curiosity. And like he peopled hard, you know, for a guy who doesn't like peopling, he peopled real well. So it's funny because like, there was wine on the bar as well. And people kept asking me like, yeah, I'll take a glass of red. And then I just slide the bottle and a club to them. Like, I'm not bartending uh, if you my pour is definitely going to be heavier Which, than your pour go nuts the thing is you're saying that now and i'm like fuck we should put a little tip cup out and been like yeah he's bartending what's up leave tips like it's okay <laughs> but we got like i mean the thing that was cool as a takeaway is that we got free reign of running that gallery like it was our own for the time that we were in it uh for the hours like they're not typically open on a weekend so if we were there that was an unusual thing for them and we made sure that while we were available, we opened up that gallery and at least we're there for, th we had three weekends there, I think. And we opened up for two out of the three weekends. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and that's and it was thing. really good. No matter how upset I was, what I'm taking away from this situation is I know exactly what I won't be doing when we have our own gallery. Like there are certain things that I expected that I've come to the understanding that I can't expect 
people to live up to my expectations. That's good. That's growth. Um, and I'm just going to say, hey, I we have this is the things that we need to do when we are capable of doing it. You know, yeah. taking care of people and you know, supporting and showing up. Yep. So. Yep, yep, yep. But it was great overall. Thank you for asking. How about you, Karen? I saw you did a show recently. You've been doing a few shows. Um, I've been doing okay with that. Um, I just want to say that I love how um, you just talked positively about that experience, even though I can tell from the way you talked about it that there were some negative things, but you chose to turn those negative things into opportunities to like learn and grow, and that's that's what I appreciate about you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> is that all you appreciate about me? Sorry. I miss that show so much. Oh my God. Uh, um, yeah, I, I did, I did a show last week and I think I did one the month before. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all kind of blurring together. I feel that. Oh yes. I did a, I did a fringe fest in August and it was hot and nobody came. Fringe uh, fest? <laughs> So what is that? Why is it called that? Like, is it stuff? Fringe Fest? Yeah. yeah. It is an uh, it is an alternative theater festival. Oh, cool. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's not like country western people come and, you know, I wear mean, all their denim and fringe. Yeah, that would have been awesome for a whole different set of reasons. <laughs> not going to lie, no, my it, brain went it, there. I was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's it's a pretty cool festival where a local theater gets like a bunch of people to submit their original plays and you know, they put them all on all over in different locations all um, during That's a cool. weekend. And I think this was the first year they did it where they had um art and craft vendors like in a little area wh- that you would have to pass through to get to the different theater venues so that there was like stuff to look at and things to buy while Mm. you know Mm -hmm. while you waited for your next show or whatever and it was a two-day thing and chris was out of town so i couldn't do the the long day because it was just too much but i did the short day and it was hot as f and nobody came um that sucks i'm sorry to hear that i know that feeling yeah yeah really what i wanted to ask you artist to artist is do you find that people are just having less disposable income to spend on art these days or is it just me (laughs) no it is for sure the case um just like for example even even for us like evan knows i usually have money that i will take to shows just so i can spend a little you know to share with other vendors and show my appreciation and even that like I'm finding I'm less and less able to do that for myself. But then um, the people who are coming out to the shows we're yes, we're just seeing a lot more people that are pinching pennies. Um, one of the shows that, that we did most recently, it was a couple months ago now, but even during the summer, there were people who were like, we just really wanted to come out to this event. Cause we always attend these kinds of events, but we do not have the same kind of money to spend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I mean, uh, you're here. Yeah. I can speak from the other side. I'm not uh, like, I'm not an artist. I, I work shows as a, as a vendor for a, a company where I sell, like I, I work for tea turtle, which is a really well known, you know, geek culture t-shirt company. And it's, it's down all around. Like it's not as, 
I think it's maybe towards the end of the season as well. It gets less and less, but like I know the last show that I went to and I worked in Des Moines, I didn't hit my projection. Like it was one of the slowest shows I've ever been to, like not just worked, but like been to in general. Um, so it's also, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the year, it gets, it gets a little rougher as well. Yeah. So for sure, I would say, uh, just don't give up yet, but like also sometimes it's about just finding new ways that you can engage with your audience. So if you're not able to do stuff with sales, like maybe consider looking into, can you teach a workshop or can you do like online stuff where you just have like a hangout so that your customer base that may enjoy working with you and wants to support you, but can't necessarily turn out financially, maybe find another way that you can keep that engagement so that they have further buy-in. And when they have that spending power come back, you can, you know, uh, have strengthened that relationship. So you come to mind first when they think about where they want to spend again. I appreciate that. Beth, this has been your business hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Artist business hour with Angie and Karen. Sorry, um, y'all. I love talking shop. I mean, this is like, and I learned so much from strategizing by talking to my friends and other professionals and, you know, like, and, and to be clear, like I still have issues monetizing my own stuff in many ways um, to the point where I met with a small business consultant and she was like, yeah, you need my help. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, because there's still a lot of stuff that we do, like even the tales of Cape fear comic for all of the issues we've published and all the stuff that we're doing in the places we've got that book out. Like it's still very much a labor of love. We had a beautiful, successful Kickstarter campaign and we had, uh, a very, very, very minor net income, uh, that is borderline negligible for the amount of work that we put in. So, yeah, um, and I, you know, appreciate all the suggestions and I'm, <laughs> I'm actually in a personal place where I'm like trying to find balance between like giving myself more of a break because um, yeah. I do too much all the time. That's very fair. Um, but it really just <laughs> what, what it actually does is, is, is it softens the blow a little bit of spending seven eight nine ten hours uh giving up a saturday and just not seeing a ton of return on it and just like making you question like yourself as an artist i'm like do people just not like what i'm doing or you know no i i would Uh, say and listeners i mean if you all like i know there's a good number of nerds that i like to talk to that like i've seen some of you at shows or whatever like you know, feel free to share your feedback because I personally have found that a lot of times what happens is there, like maybe it's not, maybe what you're doing is not for every audience, but a lot of times what I'm seeing is, you know, what you're doing is likable enough and reaches a lot of different types of people. It's really more about who's showing up, the type of market that's showing up. Right. And if you have low attendance, then you can't do anything about that. Um, and if they're not engaging in the way that you're hoping, it, most of the time I, I'm just finding like you do good quality stuff. It's probably more about money than it is about whether or not they're interested in what you do. So we can chat more about it off off uh, line, if you will, or whatever. Or not not on the podcast. We can we can touch off base mic. off mic. There we go. <laughs> 
yeah i'm happy to talk more about it because trust me i've needed pep talks before too like even like being in a space where we got to hang our art in a gallery i can tell you that was incredibly humbling because the number of people that came in and scoffed at what we were doing was i mean it vastly outweighed the number of people who came in and supported and i still was like this is awesome (laughs) so it's funny because the building the room was not that big and you could see like there were three types of people the people that literally did the four and a half second lap and then just made it their way around back to the door the people that the other side of that are like wow this is really interesting i've never seen this in like these this town before and then the third person like what what is what 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 what's going on here what is what, happening what's going on yeah and though that third party was my favorite because then they <laughs> s- sort of are interested they don't know why they're interested is so you know it's yeah. it it all depends you know finding your niche don't lose heart but let's talk TV. Yeah. Yes, please. I like TV. I'm going to go first because it's quick. I've watched a lot of Justified. And for some reason, just about the entirety of two seasons of Leah Remini Scientology, The Aftermath. <laughs> I don't know what led me down that path. But Scientology wow. is a horror oh, show. Oh. And I could not stop looking at that car wreck. <laughs> yeah, I do want to point okay. out Evan has watched a lot of stuff on Scientology recently. And I don't get it. Yeah, but have you ever been kidnapped by Scientologists? No. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, what? Tell me more or don't. I'm not sure if I should know. I was kidnapped by Scientologists once. What? No, you weren't. Tell me you weren't. What? So I'm uh <laughs> I'm, I'm walking I'm living in New York, right? I, I did that for a while. And uh as I'm just what you know, I was just kind of sort of mostly single living in New York, and I would just go out and walk around sometimes. And so I was walking around Manhattan, and uh, this dude this comes movie. up to me. It's 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 the summer. It's hot as balls outside. And this uh, fellow walks up to me and says, hey, do you want to come see a free movie? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. What's it about? He's like, oh, it's about uh, it's about some stuff. It's a, it's an air-conditioned theater. And I was like, I ain't got shit to do. Let's, let, let's go. Oh, boy. Was I with you at the time? I think that I we think had we were, just started dating. Okay, so yeah, I was definitely wasn't single. But, Did you at least uh, ask way, if it was X-rated? <laughs> walking around, and this dude offered to show me a free movie, and so I, you know, I follow him. I got nothing else to do. Why not? Let's follow a stranger in New York City and see where it goes. Uh, and he brings me into uh, this room with like maybe two other people, and it turns out to be a movie about uh, L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology. Awesome. And I sat there in this theater. I'm looking around like what the hell is going on right now? And, like, the doors were very closed. Like, I couldn't just leave. <laughs> I was just yeah. kind of stuck in there mm-hmm. watching this movie about L. Ron Hubbard. And then uh, afterwards, they had a, a whole conversation with me about, like, being really pushy about trying to, like, buy yep. buy, buy the movie and, and buying, buying a... What's the stupid book? Dianetics. Um, Dianetics. That was it. Yep. It was a Dianetics movie about L. Ron Hubbard. And then it was, you know, buy the book. And it was join the cult, and uh, yeah. that kept going for quite a while. I was in there for a couple hours, and I couldn't leave. And then eventually, they eventually they gave up when when I was like, I'm definitely not not going to do anything with this. Eventually, they gave up and let me leave. But yeah, it was, it was that so more terrifying. or less kidnapped by Scientologists for a couple hours. So pretty wild. I watched 
13 to let's say 20 episodes of that story repeated over and over and over again to varying degrees of horrific yeah it, it was it, i was there's some pushy people man yeah they are it's amazing like I, and that's what it is I, I keep saying to myself it's like looking at the car wreck like being a like i can't turn away and like how is this still a thing like that's what's running through my mind not at all like well, you know, he's got some good points. No, that's that's not happening. Gotta at hope all. not at all. Um, so that I, I think I'm on like the last episode of season two, and it's 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 mind wobbling how this ideology was in such control for so many decades. <laughs> Did you say mind wobbling? Yes. Like Kelly Bundy, the mind yeah, wobbles. The mind wobbles. <laughs> yes, it's mind wobbling. I say that all the time. Fucking a. <laughs> so yeah, that's what my my most recent television watching has been. And every once in a while, I pop on Justified because that show, the the OG version, is phenomenal. He is. So, it is. All of it is so good. Is this fucking delight? Yep. All right. What do you guys got? Uh, all right, I'll jump in. I'll jump in. I've been watching Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Big shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been loving the hell out of it. Uh, I think it's wonderful, but I also understand that it is it is the exact opposite of Andor. Like this is this is weird Star Wars. This is uh this is uh you know space whales and <laughs> and and uh. And very much following up on the animated series, which I think it's done a solid enough job of at least conveying what's been going on. Like, there's so many recaps and things available for anyone who doesn't want to watch the animated series, but at least kind of get sort of caught up on what's cooking. Can I tell uh, you, I actually recognized things in the first, we watched the first episode. (laughs) I was, Chris, I have never, I was like, Chris. Chris has to know this. Chris has to know. I've recognized this character. I know these names. And then I literally turned to Evan and went, wait, 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 wait. Let me tell you why this character matters. And he was like, I promise I don't care. But I was so, I was like, Chris, Chris should know. Yes. I I'm so proud care. of you. Thank you. I, I want to care. But like, I, as we're watching the first episode, I feel that you need to have a bunch of background to be concerned about any of the characters like i love rosario dawson i think she's amazing that's why i watched the show but like they introduced three or four people that have backstories that i don't know and i'm like why do I, none of this is meaning anything to me yeah because the only thing that's supposed to mean anything to you right now besides ahsoka is the bad guys and those mm-hmm. are brand new so mm-hmm. like them being interesting that's the that that's the crux that's going on right here like yeah um like Hera and sabine uh they're interesting for their own reasons if you watched the animated series mm-hmm. but what's actually interesting about them just in the, in this show is the stuff that's you're learning about them in this show like the fact that ahsoka is training sabine to be a jedi even though she doesn't have the force mm-hmm. that wasn't in the cartoons that's all new for this and what's interesting about it is that don't, they've never told that story before. No, there's never been a Star Wars story where someone's trying to train someone who's not force sensitive to be able to sense and use the force. Like that's new. So okay. anything to get out of this show that's like really to get out of the show, at least so far, 
um like it's cooler if you've seen the the, the cartoons so you're more familiar with these characters right, they're right. pretty they're acting a little bit different than their cartoon counterparts i mean aside from ahsoka who's i mean she's kind of the title character her history is pretty important but uh all in all i don't think you 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 feel like you're missing all this stuff because you know you've heard me go on and on about this stuff you know there's a ton of stuff about these characters you don't know but just put that on your mind because you actually don't really need to know it to get what this show is telling you about these characters like mm. everything you need to know about them they're telling you in the show so just treat them like you've never seen them treat them like you don't know that they have tons of other backstory because anything they're doing a pretty solid job of kind of Okay. Making it so that that doesn't, you know, doesn't matter. You're not, you're not missing anything. That's yeah, basically for, what I'm trying to say. I would say what I, my experience with that, I, I agree, Chris, like for, for me, it was just bonus content. Like it just felt cool to be like, like when they referenced the witches, I was like, okay, okay, okay. So remember Darth Maul when they cut him in half? Guess what they <laughs> did? Like that was the kind of shit his mom was, like, was a force witch and they have green shit and it's yeah. awesome yeah <laughs> like the fact that i was able to be like oh my god clone wars like like i actually i know a thing that's happening right now because of another thing that i watched that was a star wars star wars property and like oh my god uh that's so cool and did you know that the reason you're hearing david tennant's voice right now is because he actually voiced this guy on the cartoon and oh my god i actually just recognized him and holy shit guess what else he builds <laughs> lightsabers he blah, blah 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 like this whole like i i was like this is what it feels like to be chris like yeah she said that out loud while we were watching it my like i don't know what it is this the first episode specifically in comparison to like the other um star wars shows that i have ingested like i've watched all of the mandalorian i watched all of you know boba fett it it seems more oh you only watched the first episode yeah 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 we okay okay all right your opinion makes a lot more sense now okay i keep seeing actors from in this show from other places so like my it, there was that big scene in the first episode where he's talking like the, the i don't know the the general or the, the the president is talking to this large crowd about the new mural and my brain is like yeah that that's that's the guy from krabby krabby patty like that's that's, that's clancy what, motherfucking brown that's yeah. that, that's lex <laughs> luthor that's he's done god clancy brown's been like, in everything but, but like including my, that character in rebels right, and that's the my i want <laughs> To, like so when the bad guy shows up i'm like oh that's the punisher like that's where my brain went as opposed to be because i wasn't engaged enough but i will we clancy will it- brown voiced like three different star wars characters throughout <laughs> rebels and, and and clone wars which is hilarious and that's i i know him from spongebob <laughs> But I, we will like it's. We're gonna end up watching the whole thing because of Rosario alone. Like, yeah, uh, her performance is fantastic. And in fact, this is uh, the most recent episode that was last week, right? So this week, the one that's happening right now as we speak is a uh, the follow up to the last week one that got a whole bunch of attention because it was kind of like the big mid season. Gotcha. Thing, uh, and it had Hayden Christensen as uh, Anakin Skywalker in it. And, and I know that, that that's a big deal. That's one of those things that always like turns me off, <laughs> you know. Hayden Christensen, uh, because, or 
Yeah, Hayden Christensen in general, like, okay. just uh, <laughs> seems like a perfectly lovely guy, but I really did not like his performance as Anakin Skywalker at all. Same. Um, as human. So when he showed up in Obi-Wan and was like, hey, look at you being mostly inoffensive. Good work. You know, <laughs> it was fine. But uh, when he was in this one, I'm not going to say that he was like, good, good. But like, he was, he was channeling uh, Matt. I think it's Latner or Lanter. Okay. He was channeling the voice actor who played Anakin in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Like, I had heard him say in interviews that he watched all the Clone Wars and was really studying the way that this guy, because, you know, he, yeah. Hayden Christian played Anakin for two movies where this guy played him for like 15 years or whatever, how long right. Clone Wars ran. Like, this guy was Anakin for a lot longer. So he really channeled him and he did his best, like, impression of the way he played the character and like it was so much better <laughs> it was like oh like he wasn't distracting like every time he talked it wasn't distracting it just it just felt like okay oh now there's a character on the screen and not hayden christensen saying things at me <laughs> uh so i i really enjoyed it but it was also really fun because one of the things like you j you just can't take away from him is his physicality in the role. Um, whenever he did lightsaber battles, like the dude has just a natural ability uh, to to be imposing with a uh, with, with fight scenes. And God, the fight choreography in this show has been out of control. Like Ahsoka in particular has just been doing these. She does. Just keep your eyes peeled, because you said you're going to watch more of it. Watch the way she dodges. There are so many just amazing dodges she does during the course of this show, where you're just like, man, that was cool. You know, uh, you know I'm surprised that, yeah, so I'm going to, yet again, it's probably just because of the first, it's, I'm watching only the first episode, but like, her, her choreography specifically seemed clunky almost in the beginning wait did i did we talk about that i made comment about it okay I, I, it, it's it's like there were certain things like like the first thing that she does is is like force throw this the sabers into the ground do that spin and land like that was awesome but then that was she, cool as heck that was that was amazing and then she fought those robots and it looked like a line dance from point a to point b to point c to point a to point b like and it didn't feel yeah. like it was natural, but then fast forward at the end of that episode, the, 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 the battle between the, you know, the female Sith, I'm assuming. And, um, Sabine, like mm -hmm. I literally said at, halfway through that fight, I'm like, you would have been better off with that Mando armor in the shop. Like, cause like yeah, she, she would have yeah, like, it, it, it <laughs> absolutely. Was, and I don't know if that was on purpose. Like, and now you're telling me, yes, it, it, it is because she was being trained. She wasn't trained. Yeah, but I would exactly, say yeah. outside of the Mando armor, like the choreography, I will be honest, especially because Evan and I have watched so much of Corridor Crew at this point. Like there are times now when I can look at choreography and be like, ooh. <laughs> uh, and that was one of those times where when we were watching this episode, I was just looking at some of the stuff and going like, Okay, I mean, it's the first episode, like, have patience, but there was some choreography that I just felt like it didn't move quite as smoothly. Um, yeah, it gets and, a lot better. Okay, yeah. there, there, are some, there are some fights coming up that are just a lot better. <laughs> and, and everything that happened between Anakin and Ahsoka uh, in that episode was 
really, really fun to watch. Is David Tennant's character Hu Yang? Is that how it says? Like the robot? Yeah, Hu Yang, yeah. Yeah. Is that a real, like, robot on on screen, or is that CGI? I don't know. Because it looks so... Okay, (laughs) so it looks real... But it looks like 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 it's an old robot. Like it's really really stiff looking. Like I'm like, why are they? Because he is old. He's old. <laughs> as fuck. Like, why am I actively said it out loud? Like I feel like they're using like a real mannequin <laughs> as opposed to just CGI yeah. They actually mentioned it in the show how he is extraordinarily old. Okay, he's an extremely <laughs> old droid. He's so. But old also, he gets CGI to do some really background. cool things throughout the course of the show. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's David. I, I'm. Stuff. I am just loving the shit out of this show as it's it's hitting all my Star Wars nerdy vibes and I, 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 Angie as somebody who's watched Clone Wars you're you're just gonna fucking love this episode the sure. the one the one with Hayden Christian in it, I think you're just mm-hmm. gonna fucking flip it the stuff that you see in it because it's a lot of very specific callbacks to Clone Wars which works <sighs> as huge fan service but also is you know there to serve a, a point of the story because. So Ahsoka has been real. Uh, she's been a bit out of character ever since she first appeared in uh, Mandalorian. Mm. Like she's been a lot more serious than she has been. Like mm. you know, refusing to train Grogu and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I what didn't really realize it until this episode um, that that's a that's been a con- that's been a conscious choice. Actually, going all the way back to Rebels with the way that she's been acting ever since she's been disillusioned with. Uh, everything that happened at the end of Clone Wars. Um, and she's kind of working her way out of that, which is really interesting to see. And now I'm now I'm really curious to see what's going on in the episode tonight, because it seemed like that episode was a real turning point for her character. And I'm just excited. <laughs> I'm just really loving it. As, as a Star Wars nerd, I find the whole thing about training Sabine to be utterly fascinating, and I want to know more about what happened with it. Um, I'm really curious what's going on uh or are they going to find ezra and i have to assume they're going to find thrawn because we've seen him in the trailer but only in like one scene but is it a is it a red herring or a blue herring as it were (laughs) Uh, i don't know it's it's all it's all very interesting but I, i found i found something online that i thought uh you guys should hear uh because it really made me laugh uh this is stuff they actually let happen on star wars the clone wars okay None of this is made up. These are all things that actually happened in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Okay. God, Godzilla tried to eat Chancellor Palpatine. Darth Maul came back from the dead as a crime boss with robot legs and had a giant angry brother named Savage. Okay, let's be Java- clear. Those were spider legs. <laughs> okay, go. But they were robot spider legs. Yes. Jabba the Hutt's uncle was an offensive gay stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> Palpatine had a gigantic forehead for literally no reason. There was a zombie episode. They named a Jedi, I'm gonna die, and then killed him. Some sender had a sex robot. All the Twi'leks had French accents. Ahsoka got hunted for sport. Anakin had to do elaborate BDSM roleplay with an evil cat lady. What? Dooku almost murdered, was almost murdered by the Macbeth witches. <laughs> Hondo Onaka happened. Uh, Yoda made contact with Qui-Gon Jinn's ghost, but the other Jedi thought he had dementia. Yes. 0.07 seconds after leaving the Jedi Order, Ahsoka crashed her motorcycle, got a girlfriend, and ended up smuggling drugs for the mob. <laughs> Anakin and Obi-Wan met the physical incarnations of the dark and light sides of the Force, 
and they looked like goth drama queens and his <laughs> a goth drama queen and his cottagecore sister and both of them were furries ahsoka got bit by an evil rat which made her evil for a while and jar jar killed a guy damn didn't see that last one coming <laughs> we all the show saw was that fucking coming. weird man and like this, this ahsoka show is a continuation of that kind of star wars and i just love that that exists in the same universe as andor uh which was the most self-serious star wars i think it's ever been and it's it just fucking works it's such a magical thing and i'm so happy at how much fun i'm having with star wars these days <laughs> oh this is what i love talking <laughs> to you about it that's great i'm glad i'm so glad you're getting something good out of this i'm getting so much good out of this i'm just i'm thrilled i can't wait to see where it's going i can't wait to see how it's all going to tie together like there's supposed to be some sort of like there's all these theories going on about where they're going with this whole i don't want to spoil anything that's happening in ahsoka per se but there's a whole overarching plot where they're trying to go to where ezra is yeah Mm -hmm. uh and depending on what they find there is going to be really interesting to see what happens next and what things from the old expanded universe are they going to, what other things are they going to try to bring in and how is this going to tie into Mandalorian and or book, book of Boba Fett and who the hell else knows what else it's going to tie into or they're building towards something and I'm really excited about it. And it's just been such a fun week to week nerdy thing. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's been, it's been just giving me life. (laughs) I love it. Oh, man. Thank you for uh, all the Star Wars knowledge you've shared with us over time, though, because I do think that, like I said, for me, I finally am getting to appreciate a little bit what it feels like to be in in that mode, to to be as much of a star whore as you are. (laughs) (laughs) No one is as big a star whore as Chris. No, no. That's Oh, I I wish that were so. I mean, of course, the Internet fandom is just like uh, all the weird Star Wars fans are all like, shitting all over andor like no now this is the best thing ever you andor pricks it's like come on can't can't anyone just enjoy things like can't we just have have fun with how much fun star wars is because there's just entire sects that are just like no this is the dumbest shit in the world Andor's the best thing that's ever happened to star wars because it's dark and gritty and real and serious and then everyone else these other groups of people are just like this is the best thing ever it's so much better than andor like everyone's in Andor was the best thing ever. And then, of course, there's the largest, loudest chunk of the, not largest, but the loudest chunk of the audience that takes every opportunity to be like, this is dumb. Disney ruined everything. Uh, Raise and Mary Sue, the sequels to the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of humanity. Uh, Nazi Germany was better. Like, all, all, hell, all hell Star Trek, right? That's how that yeah. <laughs> it never goes there. It never goes all, all hell Star Trek. It's always the prequels were, were scripture. The prequels are the best things that have ever happened. Everybody who hates them is just a bunch of haters. Hayden Christensen is a, an acting god, and the prequels are un, undeniable masterpieces. And anybody who thinks otherwise is just full of shit. And it's like, I'm, I don't know how to tell you your opinion is objectively wrong because that's not possible. But if there ever, there was an opinion that was wrong, it's that come the fuck on. I love that people enjoy the sequels and have uh, the prequels and have some sort of nostalgia for them. Now, good for them. Uh, I wish I could enjoy those movies as much as they do, but this constant, like holding them up as these high, holy 
works of art. And then, of course, there's other the other sects that are just like, this scene is better than anything in all the prequels. And it's like, okay, I agree with you, but also don't be a dick. Like, it's, people are allowed to like those movies. It's fine. You don't have to keep pointing out how much better something is than something else within the same fucking fandom is. You goons, just let people like Star Wars. <laughs> you goons. But Chris, my opinion matters more. It does. The thing that I like is better than the thing that you like, and you need to know it yep. and feel bad about it. Thank you for finally getting it. You see me. <laughs> Dude, it's you bad are... and you're bad for liking it. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I just like that. Star Wars. I like all of it. Even those, even this, even the sequel, the prequel movies that I hate, still like them. Oh, yeah. Still have fond memories of lots of things in them. <sighs> all right, I'm done. <laughs> Who's next? Hanging out. Okay. And it's time to go to bed. <laughs> and good night, everybody. Uh, I can go real quick. So, I. Honey, I don't know if you want to check the Plex because I can't really remember what I was watching. But I'm going to go with from... I mean, you, you've been currently watching Firefly Lane. I'm currently on that, but I haven't finished it yet. So I'm finally watching the last few episodes of Firefly Lane because I know that that last half a season came out. But I also kind of already got spoilers. So I know how it's going to end and I'm having a hard time with it. So I watched one episode of the second, like, of the second half of the, the season and... Evan happened to be in the room for the last 10 minutes and I was like sobbing as I left the room. So I was like, well, <laughs> this is a journey. Uh, but I will say I, I was also, I returned to watching from, and I finished Witcher. Um, Yay. Yeah. I, I like, I don't want to talk too much about Witcher cause Evan hasn't finished. I don't know if you're going to babe. Are you? I, I will. Okay. At some point. Um, I mean, I watched, last season before starting to watch this season yes <laughs> like i power watched it so yeah just like um all i have to say is i really i just i fucking love that show um i love that show to the point where like after watching an episode i went for a run and had like my best running time i've had in like two years so that was that'll tell you something but um i i was watching the show from and i finished the current season um and like y'all it is just it's another version of lost i'm telling you it is absolutely another version of lost so for anyone who's watching it and doesn't want spoilers just tune me out for the next like i don't know three minutes but like i straight up got to the end of the season and so this whole premise for this show because uh, we've talked about it a little bit before but the premise is that people get stuck in this town and they can't leave. There's a one-way road, there, or there's one road going in and out of the town. It doesn't matter which way you leave, you end up circling back in like you've reset or glitched the matrix, whatever. Um, and no matter what people do, they you know they'll they can run through the woods, they can you know try all these different things. They just haven't been able to find their way out. But the people that are in this village started like or in this town started like asking questions so there's a newer family that showed up in the first season and you're following their story and basically the mom starts digging a hole in their basement 
And as a result of digging that hole, they're doing it because the wires in the house, they, they like pulled some wires out of the wall. They don't go anywhere. The lights, which the lights turn on and off, but the wires don't do anything. The phones don't actually work except for random occasions where they do. And then it's creepy as fuck. Um, and so she's trying to like dig to follow the wires all the way down. And it turns out when she gets to the bottom, there's this cave system that she has dug through and the wires are just dangling to nowhere. Like the, they just end at this cave system. But the other thing that's fucked up about this cave system is that this is the downside of this town beyond the fact that everyone's trapped at night. There are these creatures that come out <coughs> and will, they, they walk around and it, it I guess it, I, I don't really know the story behind them, but it seems like it's potentially anyone that's been lost or passed away in this town in the past or like, whatever but they walk around they're basically these weird like monster vampire type creatures they have old-fashioned clothes in a lot of cases but there are these talismans that they put on the doorways to buildings and structures and as long as the windows and doors are sealed the they cannot be penetrated right so that's how they stay safe but they'll like cover the windows because if they don't cover the windows, there's a chance that these things will use like mind techniques to basically hypnotize uh, members of the town into opening the window and letting them in. And it happens in one episode and they wreak havoc on this house. I mean, it's Oof, insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like the, this whole thing is that they're trying to get out of the town and escape it. Um, and these things sleep during the day. Well, the, the mom, when she gets to the bottom, the fucking hole goes to where they sleep. So, Oh Jesus. Yeah. It is horrifying. Um, and there's like all this stuff where like people are having visions and they're seeing stuff that is there and isn't there and they don't know what it means. And like, there's all these questions they're asking, but they're completely unanswered. And at one point, like one of the character, two of the characters like go out into the woods and venture the farthest they've ever gone and they're in a tent right so technically like they close the door of the tent they zip it shut they zip the windows they put the talisman up the things can't get in but something else like picks up their tent and literally like drags and throws them around for like an extended period of time and when the day when the the sun finally comes up again they open the tent and there's spider webs everywhere so it's as if like a giant spider picked them up and brought them to its lair. And then he's like walking through the spider webs because that's the smart thing to do and has like a vision of his ex, his dead ex-wife, like, and she reaches out to grab him. And when she opens her mouth to yell, like a sire, like a different sound comes out entirely. It's just insane. It's fucking insane. And this whole thing is like, okay, they realize like maybe this wasn't a good journey. There's all this other shit that happens. Finally, at the end of the second season, um, the mom who dug the hole realizes that she thinks she knows the answer to figuring this out and getting out. And it involves this vision she keeps having of this like tower. And then other people have seen it as like a lighthouse and, and she figures out how to get to this tower because there are trees that have holes in them. And if you go inside the tree, there are doors to, to other places, but you don't know where each tree is going to put you until you go into that tree. And they just happened to find the one tree that leads to this tower. So she goes in, she goes to the top of the tower and she's been, there's characters that have been seeing this little boy in white and the little boy in white is like one of the only like visions that's not 
horrible so far that they've seen when he seems to be trying to help them well she's at the top of the tower she sees the little boy and he fucking pushes her out the window (laughs) yikes yeah but here's the big spoiler at the end of all this Okay, sorry if you don't want to spoil it. Fast forward again. Uh, it's been a little bit longer than three. She, yeah, so. sorry. It's been like five minutes. I was timing myself. She fucking falls out this window and she wakes up and the season ends where she's in a hospital and she got out. And oh, like Jesus. Yeah. So, and the thing is, the people who end up on this road and in this town, they have a map where they're tracking where everybody comes from. There is no pattern that they have found. They're from everywhere. So she ends up in a hospital somewhere and like she's and and that's where the season ends is now she is theoretically or hypothetically whatever separated from everybody and it's almost as if it's like lost where she fucking woke up and or whatever like it's just there's so many questions there's so many questions i can't (laughs) i'm obsessed like i need the answers it's like such a ridiculous mystery and if they disappoint me like lost did i swear to god I, I, there's nothing I can do, honestly. But I'm I swear to God, sad. there's pretty much nothing you can do about it. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, what is this show on? Plex. Plex. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, but where did it come from? Uh, uh, Showtime, I think. Or because huh, I'd never heard of it before, but it sounds really interesting. Maybe it's I mean, it doesn't sound like it's for me because I'm not a horror, horror person. But... It's definitely a horror show. No, it's not. It's not Showtime. I'm a big liar. It's uh, Epics. Later rebranded as MGM Plus. Is the yeah, Epics? Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So I just I don't know. I think that it's a really cool show uh they deal with like like one of the things that's cool is like i just thought about the the cast of the show and it has a lot of diversity without feeling like it's checking boxes and one of my favorite things was the fact that there's a korean family and the mom who it was a mother a father and a son and the mother like ends up uh being the person who kind of manages this the diner there and the diner is essentially just where people congregate to get food nobody's paying for anything it just happens to be where the largest kitchen is in the town um and she doesn't speak english so like there's this whole thing where like the father didn't speak english and then the mother like in the beginning of this the first season did not really seem to speak english she could understand it but she didn't speak it and now she's starting to speak more english at the end of the second season but it was just kind of this cool thing where it's like, yeah, if all these random people from all over the place got thrown together, what types of barriers might there be for communication? And like, I feel as though they're kind of addressing that in the show and they did it in a really great way where like she found her role and like she can, she understands, like I said, but she just often doesn't speak it. Um, And it's just beautiful. And the different types of people that they bring in and, um, like I said, the challenges they face, just a lot of like interesting concepts. Um, and there's two different lifestyles. There's like people who stay in the town and there's this uh, colony house. Like it's just, I really love it. I love like the relationships and the communication styles and the storytelling and the mystery and the horror, honestly, like, and it's been, oh, it's been so good. It's so good. so I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. The, the, the lead actor, yeah is harold harold perino or whatever Perineau, and i think he's a great oh. actor and for the life of me i could not remember why i think he is such a good actor and now i'm look i'm scrolling <clears> through <throat> all of his you know well, he IMDb. was on lost yes 
But like it I, was the Matrix. It was the Matrix. Oh, that's what I remember him from. Because I'm looking through. He's got a lot of credits, <laughs> and I'm like, nope, don't know that. Don't know that. Don't know that. Don't know. That. There it is. Link, the Matrix. You know he's on the rookie, but only two and three. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was on the rookie. Yep, I didn't know that. Yeah, he every time he shows up, he 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 he's like he's one of those actors that like he does a great job and he should be more famous and he's not but he's he does a really really good job of like the the troubled leader if you will yeah he's just um i don't know i just i really love the casting on the show um these people have really like just embraced these roles in such a great way uh and and they cover like this uh, just religious stuff like just so many good things so many good things anyway i've talked too much the end <laughs> you have not it's nice to hear somebody being passionate about something cool that probably not that many people have heard of yeah i i i have to say like i think anybody who's felt a little jaded from lost like i could understand that going into this because like i said it very much has those vibes so many questions asked or so many questions arise and then maybe you'll get one or two answers but three more questions Mm -hmm. at the end of each episode it's that kind of and they have like mysterious stuff and one of the things that i love is the dad of this family that shows up in the town that you're following in the first season his name's jim he like he's an engineer and he asks questions like they take a marker and they're like fuck it we don't live in this house like we're not from here whatever and they're writing on the walls like it's a whiteboard and like one of the questions that the wife asks and she's like so scared to ask though is like are we dead right and i was like you're fucking calling out that show and you know it like you know it's it's just stuff like that where i'm like okay and knowing that there's an actor who is like on that show and then just the the elements of um you know things that are not understood but they that are absolutely a threat and things that seem like they could be technological and they could be really mysterious and they do attempt to solve problems with technology like they build a radio tower and they actually get in touch with somebody um so again there's just like there's so many good things i I just i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen i cannot wait for the third season um i hope there will be one so. It's slated, yeah. I, there's, I didn't see a date, but they are. It was it's not canceled. It, so. it was re- it was set to be for 2024, but with the the writer strike, strike and everything, yeah. Um, I don't know if we're ever gonna get it, but good goddamn, I hope we do because I don't think I could live with like this unfinished business I have with this show. <laughs> <sighs> so good. Anyway, what's next? <laughs> I think that just leaves me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Evan, you mentioned Justified. Are you planning on watching the new season? Yeah. Yes. That's the reason why I'm going through this season um, to refresh and and I'm going to wait till like, you know, a bunch of it is out. But that's the reason. It's all out. Yeah, and I got swept up in the previous season. So. <laughs> but um, don't, don't Okay, it. well, then I will don't talk worry. without spoilers. It's okay. It's it's fairly <laughs> given. Come on, like, by the time I watch it, I will probably forget what you say anyway, so. <laughs> Evan is immune to spoilers. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, we did finish all of Justified City Primeval, which... Whew! 
Yeah. Was a ride. Yeah. Um, I think I have to say at the end of it, I'm glad they did it. Um, there were some things that he did really well. There were some things that they could have done better. Um, in particular, the main villain was just not Boyd Crowder. Like, <laughs> constantly throughout the course of this series, something would happen and I would turn to Karen and I would say, Boyd Crowder would never. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Um, as we're watch, as I'm rewatching the the previous show, every once in a while, and would come into the to the the you know living room, we go, how many bad groups are in this show? And I'm like, oh, and there's at least five running right now, and it's like <laughs> I forgot how how rogues gallery he has. Like it's there's the, he is pretty much Batman with all of his evil vin- villains surrounding him. Yeah. Um... And I think without, you know, if you just looked at this series without, out of context, this villain would have been perfectly fine. Um, but he was no match for Mags Bennett or um, the the Crows or especially Boyd. Um, they did a really good job of, like, you know, coming back after 15 years or whatever it is and um, really portraying Raylan as like getting too old for this shit <laughs> particularly with some of the camera work that they did there were shots where um, he's got a he's got a 15 year old daughter uh, with what's her name Winona okay um, and she's with him for part of the show and there, there's times where like you see her there you know she's she's asleep in bed and he just like comes home from a rough time and comes into her room and sits on the end end of the bed and just like looks at her and the way the angles that they use he looks like a different person and like somebody who is not like the super confident (laughs) hero like badass Mm. he is just like a tired scared old dad um and I thought that was pretty remarkable the way they were able to show him in that way just just by different camera and lighting stuff um and Raylan was in classic form I mean there's there's lots of good there's lots of good Raylan he has a love interest in this and when they get together um like it's like they're sitting in the car talking to each other at the end of an episode and you think they're going to get together. And then the next episode, it's like, cut to the morning after. And it's like, why did that happen off screen? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and I thought, oh, well, maybe, you know, Timothy Oliphant's like self-conscious and doesn't want to do nudity, like, or, you know, partial nudity nope. um, at his age. And then he's like walking through a kitchen with no shirt on and he looks fucking great. And I'm like, what, what? I don't understand what just happened. I didn't understand that relationship in general, though. I didn't. I didn't sense even this. I didn't even see it coming because I sensed absolutely no chemistry between the two of them. And I was like, oh, happens. Oh, okay. But I mean, maybe I'll. Maybe I'm alone on that. I just that completely blindsided me, and I didn't. I didn't 
get their relationship at all just because I didn't sense anything between the two of them. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get it that it didn't really seem like it was, you know, love at first sight or anything like that. Um, it just seemed more like they challenged each other in the right ways and they're both two attractive people and they were stressed out by the stressful situation that they were in together and like it just happened um and neither one of them really planned on it being happening for any longer than the case went on um <laughs> there was uh, there was an equally like uh, the main villain's accomplice this was this girl that also was like you're no Ava <laughs> Ava would never <laughs> correct <laughs> Um, so, you know, that was a little disappointing. We didn't get to see Art. Art's presence <sighs> was sorely missed. Really? Because, like, he is my third favorite character on Justified. Like, they didn't even mention him. Oh, it's like setting. Damn. Yeah, that was a bummer. Um, but it was definitely, like, the cat and mouse between him and, and, uh, Raylan were, you know, it was very interesting. It was definitely worth watching definitely compelling but the way they ended it they ended it in a way that made a lot of sense for the character and i really appreciated how they you know took care of of the ending and then they teased for a possible second season and the teaser just made me mad that that wasn't the what the whole season was (laughs) boo like I get that uh I get that this first that this season set up like not only like you know this little bit at the end that set up what would happen in the second season but also like the place that Raylan got to personally by the end of the season and imagining him being in that mental place and then the events of the little teaser Mm. and then he has to like go to that second season from the mental place that he reached by the end of this season that it makes sense why they did it this way and i hope they get a second season to to tell the story that i really really want to see but if we only get one season i wish it would have been the one that they would make season two be it's really frustrating well now Um, now i have to i have to work my way i gotta get through i'm like tail end of season three i think so just about halfway done yeah um and you don't for anybody who's out there being like, oh, I remember that show, but I don't really have a time for a six-season rewatch. You don't need to. Like, oh, yeah, oh, it, yes. It's certainly enjoyable to rewatch six seasons of Justified, but if you don't have that kind of time, you don't need to do that. You remember who Raylan Givens is, and that's really all you need to know. So, uh, as we're chatting about this, I just looked at like the original IMDb for, for the 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 original series and there were 78 episodes from the first justified and there were only five characters that showed up in all 78 episodes damn of course Raylan Givens okay Art Ava and who do you think the other two are I want to say Boyd did you say Boyd already nope 
74 for Boyd. Oh, uh, the boss? That's Art. Oh, Art. That's okay. Art. Art. Uh, Raylan? <laughs> oh, we had Raylan. <laughs> I feel like it's something stupid like Dewey Crow. <laughs> you Actually. <know> it, <laughs> close. <laughs> it's Tim and Rachel, the other marshals. <laughs> I, looked at the, oh. I looked at that and I went, are they in every goddamn episode that I watched so far? Because I don't think you should count that if they're in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah 78 episodes and art is my like i'm not gonna lie like his rapport with raylan in these it's just like it's so well done like he fe- he he presents as like the the <laughs> like the troubled father like why do i have to keep dealing with you you pain in my ass and that's what i love about him so uh yeah there's not a lot like there's there's a scene at the in the last episode but other than that there's not really any interaction with other marshals he's working with the detroit police oh um still a marshal though right yeah he's he's still a marshal yeah he like happens to end up in detroit by coincidence when all of this shit is happening and he's he's like well obviously i'm going to help (laughs) he's railing shit just follows him yeah overall worth watching but it's not it's not the original but i would like to see it get the support so that we could see a second season that could be close to if not on par with the original Mm. who's doing uh is it fx fx good yeah just like the urge well here's hoping we get what we wanted here word yeah come on amptp get your shit together (laughs) pay the writers yeah and the actors (laughs) yeah do all that stuff okay all right are we good yeah (laughs) i'm great Uh, right break time yeah sure let's let's do a break that is uh that's gonna be it for us we're gonna take ourselves a quick break and when we come back we're gonna talk about sports night uh and then uh, we're gonna talk about sports night after i make this sports night reference you're listening to this week's episode on geekade.com stick around hi everyone chris here Podcast listening is free, but podcast creation is not. That's why the Geekade Patreon exists. In an effort to help us pay the bills, we've got a Patreon page set up where you can gain access to our monthly podcast topic schedule, get early access to many of our shows, and more. If you'd like to help support Geekade and keep these shows running week after week, head over to the Geekade Patreon page, linked in the show notes of this very podcast. Okay, we are back, and it is time to talk about Sports Night. Uh, specifically, we are talking about the episode Rebecca. This is Season 1, Episode 14 of Sports Night. Uh, the reason I picked it, if you didn't listen to last month's episode of this week's episode, uh, I tend to use the phrase, Hi, I'm a professional writer, an awful lot. And it uh, turns out it's a quote from this specific episode, and that's why I picked it. And I will always take an excuse to talk about this show because I think it is wonderful. I uh, I, I love this show. And when we started watching this episode, it just uh, you know hit me with that nice warm blanket of this is this is true comfort comfort TV. This uh 
The show originally, this episode originally aired on January 26, 1999. I believe this was on ABC. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, and this is pretty deep into season one where they've already mostly phased out the horrible laugh track that was in the, that, that, that started off in this show. Because, what, like, what did I say? I, I said, this show doesn't have a laugh track. It, a has, track. it has a chuckle track now. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 downgraded it. Like, it just kept getting more and more gone until it was completely gone, uh, which is good because this show does not need a laugh track. And I want to find whoever decided it needed a laugh track, smack them upside their head, mm-hmm. uh, because they really it really takes me out of the first handful of episodes of this show. There's really long pauses and the terrible fake laugh track because it's so obviously not filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> it's just so obviously not shot that way. <sighs> Anyways, um, yeah, I, I, uh, it's a great episode of a great show. I don't think there are any bad episodes in this show, but man, there are a couple of really, really standout moments in this one. But what, did, what did you guys all think of uh, this episode? Before I get into my favorites. Well, I mean, I, I love this show. It's been a long time since I've watched it. Um. But watching it again, I'm reminded of the speed in which these performers perform. It is, it's, it's astronomically fast. And they all do such a good job of delivering their comedic lines. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was in this, because we watched this episode and then, and then we went back and watched one. But like, and the dramatic lines, like she is really concerned about losing her boyfriend. And at one point in time, like she fucking shouldn't be Gordon. (laughs) You know, Dana shows like, like, like softness, which is not really that normal, especially in comparison to the rest of this episode. But it was great. It was so much fun. Like there was no shortage of lines to pull. It was I, my my top one was you know I'm Dan Rydell or the the it was the Minchy thing to do like I I <laughs> it was like that is funny stuff. You never know when Casey's just gonna flip out on me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I spread it I, out I, everyone you? has such great chemistry. The whole cast mm-hmm. works so extremely well with one another, uh, which makes me super happy. Um, yeah, I don't want to dive in yet. Yeah, who, who else? Is- uh, I, I don't mind jumping in and saying I loved the chemistry as well. I thought that I know it was 14 episodes in, but I was like, when it first popped on the screen, I was kind of like, oh my God, what am I watching right now? And within the first two minutes, I was like, oh, oh, I'm in. I am fully in. Um, oh, so you haven't really seen this show before? Never. That was the first episode I've ever watched. Oh, the statement. So, what fun! The statement is, "Why is this show so good?" Yeah, came out right? twice. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like, "This should not be this good," and I loved not only how fast it was, but um, again, like I said, that chemistry was just really impressive because it exists differently between different characters, and it, it felt like everybody was very comfortable in the roles they were playing. Um, but just so fast, like so, so many good retorts, so many good lines. Like I laughed a lot. I just did not expect this from this show. Um, and that's, I, that's so fun to hear you say, cause that's pretty much how I felt about it. Uh, yeah. Karen introduced this show to me. 
I would never in a million years have watched a show called Sports Night. It just didn't really occur to me as something that I would enjoy. And she showed this to me on her DVD box set. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is ask your parents. so good. Uh, <laughs> really? As a Sorkin <laughs> joint, you weren't, you weren't into this beforehand? I had no, no, well, this is early Aaron Sorkin. I didn't really know what that, I didn't really know who Aaron Sorkin was at the time. So this was, yeah, until, I mean, granted, this was a long time ago. (laughs) This was, right, uh, was it West Wing was still airing on TV when when you introduced me to this, I think. Sounds like, sounds right. (laughs) Once West Wing ran for like 30 years. But yeah, it's, I I, I had no idea who Aaron Sorkin was until I, I saw this and she introduced it to me. Man, Robert Guillaume, uh, Isaac Jaffe has got to be one of my favorite characters, uh, like in any television thing. Isaac is so great, and I just love, I love the antagonistic relationship between him and JJ, who is just such a piece of shit uh, throughout the entire series. And man, when he, he pulls him aside at the end, so just so friendly. It's like, find out that quote in the, time, uh, the, quote in the journal came from you. I'm going to own your ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll absolutely own it. And he just, just so casually drops it. That man was so, he was such a, 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 a such a presence. <laughs> He's, he was out of control. Uh, he was uh, Rafiki in the Lion King. Oh, I, sick. I didn't know at the time. Uh, but yeah, his, his whole thing throughout the course of this show, including the way that they, right. Cause the actor had a stroke, right. That was, that, that was real. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like they worked that into the show, and then when he God, the moment when he eventually comes back, oh my God, that's us just a pure TV magic. This show just gets so much right, so very, so very much of this show gets so much right, and it ends on like such a kind of cliffhanger, but not like it. It just it doesn't get true resolution, but it gets it gets enough of an ending to be satisfying enough, I suppose, but. Yeah, I would have loved to get one more season to wrap everything up. Uh, but, yeah. I liked Dan's whole thing with Rebecca and his weird fixation on being liked by everyone, which eventually <laughs> you learn a whole lot more about that as the show goes on. And uh, Yeah. <laughs> I, I just like... I like everything. I, I like how Dana's fucking crazy. Like, she's a she's a goddamn basket case and it's part of what makes her character so interesting to watch but like yeah it's God, the, she's the dating, engaging the crazy. dating plan like she is engaging crazy and like natalie's 100 percent right that she's secretly in love with casey because as soon as those two start talking it's just there's there's this unbelievably effortless uh degree of chemistry between the two of them it's like just absolutely works and uh, i love her and, repeat so, yeah. like because you're secretly in love with casey uh, and then she's like well no blah 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 blah. right because you're secretly in love with casey like it was just so it, it like the, just the continued repeat especially because i feel like i've done that i also felt like the show informed a lot of future comedy and this is the first aaron sorkin show i've watched so um is this not the first aaron sorkin show i think it is I think, yeah yeah yeah, but I'm saying like a lot of people know him for The West Wing, and I never watched yeah. that show. Like I've never really watched anything else that he's done, not on purpose. It's just the way it is. Um, oh wait, well, you should watch all of this. It's not terribly long because they're it's 45 half hour episodes or 
20 minute episodes or yeah. they, they blow by as a fucking yeah, breeze. we watched mm. what did we watch we watched a justified and then we watched this and then i was like why is it only 10 o'clock <laughs> what is going on because <laughs> these episodes are so short yeah um <sighs> but yeah then he went on and did the west wing which is a phenomenal show uh very similar writing and it's just <laughs> very similar writing so much so that there's literal lines that are direct one for ones from sports night in west wing which is uh an amusing well thing. that was that. that was the thing about sorkin like as soon as like you could cl- close your eyes and just listen to the acting and you could tell you're watching or listening to a sorkin show like the yeah. same thing with uh what is it uh studio six studio 60 right studio 60 right yeah. so like he did this for sports night and then the, the west wing is basically this sports night's premise except for washington dc and then Studio 60 was Sports Night's premise, except for um, Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Live, Live. Uh, which was, you know, the, uh, not Saturday Night Live. They, they, the the show is Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, which is, you know, like Saturday Night Live. Uh, and then they did the newsroom, which was what if they, what if that situation existed for the news? Mm-hmm. Uh, Studio 60 is easily the weakest one out of all of them, but Studio it's, I still think it's great. Like, I really enjoyed that show, and I'm sad that it only lasted one season because there was, I think there was more to do in it. It got, it got super heavy handed in a couple of on relatively, I guess, unflattering ways from time to time. But like the cast was so great. I, I always really enjoyed watching Matthew Perry on things mm-hmm. and I thought he was great in the show. Uh, but newsroom is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. That um, newsroom, that's the last that was, show he did. That was the one that has that. I want to say it was in very early the, the, I don't know the the soliloquy that is why do we believe America is the the greatest country in the world? It's the opening scene of the first episode. Is it? Oh my god! Yeah, oh, Jeff Daniels knocks <laughs> that out of the park. Yeah, and he does so that so much throughout the course of that show. Like I I think back to so many moments that that show gets so right, and of course Sam Watterson playing. Sam Watterson's Sam character in the newsroom is basically drunk Isaac Jaffe, which is great. <laughs> drunk Isaac Jaffe with a dash of Foghorn Leghorn. It's the fucking weirdest <laughs> thing, but I love it. Hold on. <laughs> it's, it's, it may be Sam Watterson's greatest role, and that's including Jack McCoy. Oh my god, it's so good. But yeah, that all comes back to, to Sports Night, so Angie, I would definitely recommend watching more Sports Night, just because it's such a fun ride, and the the other actors that get to be involved, like when William H. Macy shows up for a couple episodes, it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, this is that that, that goes for a ride. Uh, and uh, the the way the show ends is is such a such a trip. Um, and then you know, watch some West Wing and or the newsroom because if this strike goes on, you're going to have plenty of time to catch up on old TV. So I know. Uh, Put this put this on the top of the pile to 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 go back and so and spend a little time with. I have a question about West Wing. Is it? Go for I mean, it. this is I, this is show is relatively lighthearted. I don't. I am I correct because I haven't watched a lot of West Wing. I don't feel it has the same tone as this. It is a little bit more serious than Sports Night because it deals with more serious content material uh, more or less i mean i would call west wing a drama yeah west wing's definitely it's a, a drama. funny drama yeah. but it still has the same kind of sense of humor but it's a bit more dramatic okay. that's what i thought um but sports night 
you know, Sports Night also treads into some pretty heavy territory quite a lot, mm-hmm. you know, like everything that goes on between Natalie and that football player is like, mm. and, and, and Dana's brother, like there's a lot of things that happen in this show that are, they're pretty heavy. So like tonally speaking, it ultimately isn't super far off, Okay, but yeah, I would say it's, I'd say it's overall more, more dramatic, but it also so deals my with recollection is like, like, like you said, like, uh, studio 60 is what if, you know, sports night was about saturday night live if you yeah. know newsroom i feel if i feel like newsroom is in essence to west wing as studio is to this sports, sports night. night yeah i, I kind of filtered them all into the same kind of category because they always they all four of those shows kind of give me the same degree of satisfaction okay. um because they all have those the same kind of comedy beats mm-hmm. and they still they but they also still they they do a very what what these those four shows in particular do incredibly well is they tell stories of a group of people that are working together to accomplish something um okay and they the the way that they show how different people can ultimately cooperate to accomplish something uh, and you know, in the case of Sports Night, Studio Sixty, and the Newsroom, it's TV shows. And West Wing, it's running a goddamn country. Mm-hmm. But it's a it it tells that story. Uh, the 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 core of it always is about very different people working together to achieve a common goal. And it's a they all kind of scratch that that itch. Which is why I always thought it would be really interesting to see Aaron Sorkin direct an X Men movie. But yeah, <laughs> that would be interesting. He does groups well. Yeah. Do I don't know if think... it would be good, but it would be really interesting. How much do you think that he inspired... It would also be like 84 weeks over past <laughs> schedule and $95 million over budget. <laughs> Word. How much do you guys think he inspired Gilmore Girls? Like the, the pacing on Gilmore Girls? So, okay, so... I don't I, know. I mean, the speed is there. Um... I I I trying to hold on just one second because I'm 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 I can't remember who wrote. That was Amy Amy, Amy, Amy. Sherman Palladino. Amy Sherman Palladino, yeah, yeah. But I just wonder, I like, know, I could... if you, I mean, you guys seem to know a little bit more about his career. I was just kind of wondering if, like, he had really worked with her at all, or if you think that she might have been pulling inspiration from him just because like that pacing is there and there is that element of like trying to do that you know really good chemistry and storytelling style but um gilmore girls was the first time i'd really seen that kind of back and forth exchange um show about people who don't talk like people right basically (laughs) i mean it was really like a, a very strange way of of running a show and then to see this show, to see Sports Night, and actually watch this, I think, work in a better way. You know, like, it, it's almost as if, like, that kind of communication style as it was intended to be, if that makes sense. Hmm. It doesn't seem as I have out no of idea. place. Yeah. Like, because that was, I love Gilmore Girls. Do not get me wrong. Um, but it seems like... <clears throat> It the, the the form of communication in Gilmore Girls seems out of place where 
in sports night, it doesn't seem out of like, like it, like, like I feel like they should be communicating that way. It's in sports night and that world, you know, Gilmore girls should be just family communications. I mean, maybe a beat and a half slower, but I get what you're saying. It's, it seems that she's, uh, like before Gilmore girls, she had a, a couple other producer credits and, you know, it all started with Roseanne and Roseanne's comedic, timing i feel influenced her quite a bit okay yeah that's fair i guess there are other shows that certainly came out between that and gilmore girls and i just didn't think about i don't know it's just weird it's like the only time i've seen a show where they tried to like have that speed and it came out around the time that this show ended Mm. so i I always felt like the Amy Sherman Palladino was more inspired by like Groucho Marx and Marx Brothers stuff than okay. Then I just I never made that connection before. Gotcha. Uh, so I'll I'll give that a big fat who knows. Yeah, that's fair. So not me, Karen. You uh, Chris, you say that Karen introduced us to Karen. Where did you get this from? Um, because I, ninety nine here. Yeah. <laughs> you're a, are you of the proper age to be watching this i you know oh god i don't even know um i'm gonna say it was an old boyfriend uh, um probably the less said the better there <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just it's it's a phenomenal pull it's just i it's it was very unique for its time that was my curiosity i feel like it would have come my way anyway because i definitely watched west wing with my um family okay. as it aired like that was a show my me and my mom and uh whoever else was around at the time watched mm. Mm. um so i would have i would have come to it anyway but i i i'm going to say that it was a guy i dated who introduced me to this show um I just had a couple of things to say about this episode. Um, one was about Isaac. I am very glad that you chose one that had such a meaty Isaac storyline because I love Isaac so much. He's the best. And uh, it was just nice to see Robert Guillaume work. Um, that being said, I know why, I know you chose this particular episode because of the quote, <laughs> but when I saw you pick this episode, I was like, this one? really <laughs> and i'm really glad to hear like in particular angie say that she liked this one so much because if you think this one is good yeah this there, are, like, the there are a episodes. lot of better episodes than that not that this was a bad one but this was just kind of a meh one <laughs> um yeah i had trouble finding a quote and maybe it's because i there are so many quotes that i know from other episodes that i like so much more mm. <laughs> um but it is fun to see like the beginning of the dan and rebecca storyline um oh, that was okay. very cute that's the beginning of that storyline interesting okay uh-huh oh yeah yeah that goes places it does um interesting <laughs> the dana and gordon stuff I was actually I was waiting for it and I was like oh it must be in a, in a later episode that you're wearing my shirt Gordon oh. that was going to be my quote oh my and then it wasn't in this episode <laughs> um, but uh, the Dana thing actually bothers me a little 
th this much later um I I really admired the character Dana and the strength and the leadership and the everything that she embodies and then she just has zero self-confidence in her relationships and it just makes me insane that she's like worried about losing her boyfriend because he doesn't appreciate like I'm totally team Casey not just for her to get together with Casey but also the advice he gives her that he's like any man who hears that and doesn't throw you down on the nearest flat surface, like, absolutely. Mm. Why are you even trying to keep Gordon? Yeah, like, I'm a little bit mad she, about this. Everything <laughs> she says about, like, her career and er that whole speech that she gives Casey beforehand is like, this is who you are. Just, yeah, just be that. <laughs> just be and that. Don't all be the this time. other thing that's like, I think I need to like make myself small and like more likable for this man. Like you don't need to do that. And shame on you show for like even even putting that in as a pretense. Mm -hmm. See, but Ugh. of course feel... it's nothing compared to the dating plan, but Oh my god, the dating plan. <laughs> the dating plan's probably the stupidest thing that's ever happened in the history of TV, and it's not out of character. It's just like the most infuriating thing I've ever seen, and it's played so perfectly by both her and Casey, who is incredibly infuriated by it, but oh my god. Dating plan. Yeah, the dating plan. Anyway, uh, I do really love this show. I do like this episode quite a bit. It just wasn't like, like it was just after maybe my favorite episode, which is Smokey. Oh, <laughs> I love that one so much. Yeah, this uh, uh this is going on the rewatch pile pretty soon. Except I, for for my for my work, I since the kids are at school and I've been having a hard time figuring out what what should I put on in the background while I'm working, and then it just epiphany oh shit law and order so i've been like pounding back a couple law and order episodes while i'm working which has been great nice well this is a very very pleasurable return to a show that i hadn't watched in a very long time and i'm and i'm glad i remembered it as it was as good as i remembered it so thank you yeah show holds up it good really, time it really does in in a multitude of ways like the the casting the, the 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 camaraderie like everything about this show still holds up and the content like the topics that they're talking about like we rewatch oh I yeah I think we rewatched it together the first episode and at the very beginning of the show uh, Casey's thinking about quitting and at the end of that episode the oh. the 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 love of sports goes back into his face like you can actually mm. see it happen and it was great like it was like watching that first and episode watching yeah you watch it on one level and then you have kids and you yeah. watch it on another level and you go oh yep. with your whole body yep yeah. yep yep show's wonderful glad everybody still loves it all right uh well it's it's late it's yes. a school night so uh we're uh, we're gonna wrap this shit up uh, this week's episode is not filmed before a live studio audience, just like Sports Night, but it is fueled by <laughs> feedback from listeners like you. And you can get in touch with us in a multitude of ways. We have an official Geekade Discord where there's an entire this week's episode channel dedicated to all things TV talk, and of course, the regular Geekade social media accounts linked to in the show notes. 
The four of us can be found in various ways. I'm available on... I won't say it. I'll be, I'm available on Twitter, goddammit, at GeekadeChris. That's Geekade, K-R-I-S. Uh, you can read my work at StoneAgeGamer.com and in the pages of Nintendo Force Magazine. Karen, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me at STM Stitches on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Etsy. Angie, where can people find you? Uh, you know what? Let's do my Instagram. It's A for not. That's A-F-E-R-N-O-T. And Evan, where can people find you? Uh, check us out at talesofcapefear.com. Got some cool things coming up soon. Mm-hmm. If you need to know more about the shows we discussed tonight or what we'll be watching in the future, have a look at our show notes. And if you have any questions at all, we can always be reached at malakikade.com. Just include the word this week's episode in the subject line so we know who you're trying to reach. This show is available anywhere fine podcasts are sold, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and more. And wherever you decide to listen, please like, comment, subscribe, and leave reviews, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, as always, keep your eyes on Geekade for more fresh original content. And Angie, if you do go back and watch Sports Night, just know that the laugh track doesn't stick around. Just, just, just suffer through. <laughs> anyway, Karen, it. you're up next. What is your pick? What is our homework? Okay, well, I'm ha- I had a little trouble. I had a little... A little- tiny panic before the show when I realized it was my turn Uh, as I'm not really in the middle of anything that I want to share and the things that I'm excited for won't really be back enough for me to pick for next month Um, but we are recording around my birthday Mm -hmm. um, and so why not just pick my favorite episode of my favorite show Um, so let's all watch season 5 episode 13 of Doctor Who The Big Bang uh, if you're feeling really spicy, you can watch episode 12, which is the first part of the two-parter. But if you only had to pick one, they do a good recap at the beginning of uh, of the Big Bang. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited because I've been wanting to go back and watch more Doctor Who again. And the fact that you're putting that on the list just makes me so happy. You're welcome. Well, hooray. An excellent pick. I'm super excited. Oh, my God. I just noticed that The Big Bang aired the day before our wedding. Really? (laughs) July 24th, 2010. Interesting. Well, happy anniversary to us. Happy anniversary. uh, There we go. That wraps wraps this shit up. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Karen. I'm Angie. Let me spread it out for you in a nutshell. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.